a history of horchata. Horchata is a classic creamy Mexican drink that's not made with dairy and has its origins not in Latin America, but in Africa. This horchata, or horchata de chufa, as the original version is called, is made not with rice and cinnamon, but with tiger nuts. Tiger nuts, or chufa in Spanish, were cultivated in ancient Egypt and turned into an early form of nut milk. This spread all throughout northern Africa, and when the Islamic caliphates took power in the area, they adopted it too. When they conquered Spain, they brought horchata de chufa with them, and to this day, towns like Valencia in Spain are where the tiger nut version of horchata is most popular. Now that horchata arrived in Spain, it was just a hop, a skip, and colonization for horchata to arrive in the Americas. In modern-day Mexico, it turned into horchata de arroz, or rice horchata. From now on, when I say horchata, I mean horchata de arroz. It is the most popular type of horchata and the most common one. It's what you're served in your local taqueria. But what prompted the change from tiger nuts to rice? No one really knows. Tiger nuts are growable in almost any climate, but they never became popular in Mexico. Rice, on the other hand, became a staple of Mexican cuisine after it was introduced, to such an extent that today, Mexico is the biggest rice importer in North America. Because it was easy to obtain and use, Spanish immigrants to Mexico started adapting their horchata recipes to use rice instead of tiger nuts. Okay, so we know where horchata came from, but why is it called that? Horchata. There are two answers. The actual one is that it's from the Latin word for barley. Other Western Mediterranean cultures like France and Italy have similar words for non-alcoholic plant-based drinks. The more fun, but definitely mythical version, is that a Valencian conqueror tasted it for the first time and said, That's gold, darling, or, and pardon my poor Valencian, Ajo es horchata, or chata turned into horchata which is what horchata is still called in parts of the Iberian Peninsula. And when I say that, that's horchata spelled O-R-X-A-T-A, not like the way that horchata is typically spelled. But all throughout Mexico and Central America, horchata is called horchata, even if some of the variations have little to no resemblance to the original horchata de chufa. Take Ecuadorian horchata, for example which is clear and red and made of herbs and is absolutely nothing like plant-based milk. Most variations of horchata are still creamy and just made with different nuts or seeds, such as sesame, melon, jicaro, and calabash seeds. These drinks are most popular in Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean. But what's in horchata de arroz? Well, let's start with its namesake, arroz. Rice was brought to Mexico in 1522 by the Spanish, who got it from the Arabs who got it from China through the Silk Road. While there are many types of rice, the most common type in Mexico today is white rice, with a medium-long grain, so that's what's most commonly used in horchata. Rice is what gives horchata its creamy texture and flavor. If you look at it in the simplest sense, horchata is really just rice milk. Horchata is nothing without rice and its starches. The other staple ingredient in horchata de arroz is cinnamon, which is the most expensive ingredient in it by far. Throughout history, cinnamon has been very valuable in meat preservation and hiding rotten meat smell. 
It was so valuable that various European nations conquered and took control of Sri Lanka, the largest cinnamon producer of the 1600s, to capitalize on this value. When the Dutch took the island, which is the 25th largest in the world, from the Portuguese, they wanted to create a monopoly on cinnamon. India was the only other area who was producing a lot of cinnamon at the time, so they forced the Indian monarch to destroy all of the cinnamon plants. Most of the plants left were on Sri Lanka, so the Dutch controlled both the growth and the trade of cinnamon. The Dutch got their cinnamon monopoly, but it didn't last very long because people realized that cinnamon could grow throughout tropical climates, including the Caribbean and Mexico. However, Mexicans do still import most of their cinnamon from Sri Lanka, and in 2011, they imported $63 million worth of cinnamon. Specifically, Ceylon cinnamon. Sri Lanka was called Ceylon for a really long time, and the species of cinnamon that bears its name is softer and crumblier than the cinnamon that, if you live in the U.S., you're probably used to. That other cinnamon is called cassia cinnamon, and that's the bark-hard stick stuff from your supermarket. Yes, cinnamon was expensive, but Mexicans could use it in their horchata because of locally grown cinnamon. Today, cinnamon growth still exists in Mexico, but it remains a very small part of the global cinnamon market. Before we continue, I would like to address powdered horchata mix, sold in stores throughout Mexico and, according to Google, my local Walmart. It costs between 2 to $6 a box, so it's cheap, but it's not very fresh or good. Also, horchata is super easy to make, so why bother with artificial stuff? All you have to do is put rice and cinnamon and sometimes almonds in a bowl, and cover them with water and let it sit. Recipes vary on how long to let it sit. Some say one and a half hours, others say overnight. In my personal experience, the longer you let it sit, the stronger it will be, and since you're probably going to be serving it with ice cubes, which will water it down substantially, you're going to want it nice and creamy. Then you blend it up. This is where people add sweetened condensed milk if they're using it. A brief note on sweetened condensed milk. It makes horchata spoilable and no longer dairy-free, which can be problematic, but if you don't have to worry about dairy or spoilage, it does add a strong creaminess and a deep sweetness that's hard to match with just sugar and rice. It's really up to you. But back to blending. Pulsing. Pulverizing. Whatever blender buttons say these days. It's not like anyone knows the difference. You'll just press them all a couple of times until it looks finished. In the olden days, and with some recipes, they skipped this step. But blending and straining can really incorporate that cinnamon flavor into your horchata. So you blend, then strain it into a container. The more times you strain it, the smoother it will be, provided you wash the strainer between strains. The worst thing an horchata can be is grimy, grainy, and dusty. So washing the strainer is an almost foolproof way to prevent that. Like a lot of things, horchata is better when you take the time to make it good. And then you're done! <laughs> Easy as that. A creamy, non-grainy, delicious horchata. So... Why bother with making and drinking horchata? Because it's good. Because it has a deep, multicultural history and a million variations. Because you know that history now, so you can impress the guests you serve it to with your deep knowledge of horchata. Because 65% of adults have some form of lactose intolerance, and horchata is dairy-free. Because it's easy. Because anyone can succeed at making a good horchata. So... 
now that you know the history of horchata, go out and make it. It's up to you to create the present of horchata before it too turns into history. so much for listening to this wonderful, crazy little passion research procrastination project. Some of my favorite sources that I came across in my research include cinnamonvogue.com and ricepedia.org. They were very useful. This podcast was inspired by a variety of interesting things, including the Anthropocene Reviewed, which is an amazing podcast by John Green, and my very ugly AP World textbook, which does not have any segments on horchata. Frankly, I'm offended. This show was created by me, Claire McNerney. Our theme music is by the lovely Shana Sir. If you want to tell me your thoughts or stay up to date on my future projects, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube. Links to my accounts and to a transcript of this show can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.